0: Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22, and, and just have a, a few questions today. Um, Mark ch- chapter 10, verse 17 starts, he says, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy mother and father. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these things I have observed from my youth. Then Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and he went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Questions. He asked a great question. How many in here know the first question ever asked in the Bible? The first question ever found in the Word of God. Think about it. Here it is. I'm all over the place. God Adam where at. First question. You close. You you three. You you five verses off. The first question asked in the Bible was the serpent asked Eve. Okay. The serpent asked Eve. All right. Did God say that? Okay. Now the serpent was more subtle than any other beast which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, Ye should not eat of every tree of the garden. First question. Second question. Second question. Somebody got it right. Second question in the Bible. Amen. The second question and the first question asked by God you would have had right. The first the first question God ever asked man, he said, Adam, where art thou? How about that? Did God not know where Adam was at? Does God not know where each one of us in here, as God's children, are at? Okay? That's a great question. Let me let me I'm, I'm going to get to, my, I'm gonna get to this, the greatest question, I believe, in the Bible. I'm going to get to it. Here's another question. I had a client call me last night. And many of you know I work for hospice. I'm a hospice chaplain. And, and, I, and I had a nurse call me last night. And they said, i got a patient that, that has terminal illness and, and is, is going to die. And they're scared of dying here's a question if a man die shall he live again ok if he's, if he's saved or not he's going to live again it don't matter you're going to live again when we start talking about the rich man and Lazarus when the bible said when the rich man when the rich man died he lifted up his eyes and hell Okay. Just talking about some questions before I get to the main point of what I want to just talk to you guys a little bit about. Jesus was teaching his disciples and they were they were walking in Caesarea Philippi and it was a place where it was, it was a place sort of described like if you ever heard of the Hall of Fame, some of you guys may have been to the Hall of Fame in, in Canton. It, you got all the buses of all the great players, you know, and every year in Canton, it's one of the great events in Canton, the Hall of Fame, okay? Now, in Caesarea Philippi, they had an area in, in that region where they had all the idols, all the statues of all, of all the great men that ever lived in that time, and when Jesus was walking by there, by that place with his disciples, he he made a point to his disciples. He says, "Who do men say that I am?" And that's a great question because we all have to answer this. I I, I believe I believe that when we stand before the Lord and, and 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 the day of judgment, and we all will be judged. Hebrews nine twenty seven says it's a pointed on the man, wants to die and after that the judgment. So. After we die a physical death, we're going to be judged spiritually. And I believe one of the first questions that God's going to ask all of us, whether we believe or not. Who who do you say Jesus was? Got to get that question right. Here's what the disciples said. This is one of the great passages in the Bible. Here's what the disciples said when they, when Jesus asked that question and and they said some say that thou art John the Baptist okay others say Elijahs others say Jeremiah's or one of the prophets a lot of people believe that Jesus was just a prophet he was just a prophet he was just a prophet like like Joseph Smith and other other prophets that lived and walked the earth a lot of people have a hard time with him being god in the flesh the Messiah. How many, how, many know, how many know that Christ is not Jesus' last name? All of us in here has a, have a last name. My last name is Neil. First name is Keith, OK? Now all of us in here would have some I have a middle name too, Keith Allen Neil. OK? Now, all of us in here have a last name. How, how many know what Jesus' last name is? It's not Christ. People say Jesus Christ. Well, when, when when we say Jesus Christ, Christ identifies Jesus as being God in the flesh, the Messiah, the one that came to seek and save the lost. How many here know him as Christ? Know him as Messiah. Know him as Savior and Lord. When the rich, when the when the thief on the cross Asked that great question. We start talking about questions. And he asked Jesus a question. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. When he called him Lord, and when we call him Lord, when we call Jesus Lord, we're saying that he has the power to take us to heaven. Okay, He has the power to regenerate our lives. How many many know what I'm talking about? How many here have experienced God's loving touch, His touch of grace and His touch of mercy? That's what He is. Let me get to my question. Then Peter jumped in when I'm talking about who the men say they am. Peter jumped in and Peter said one of the greatest statements in the Bible. Same one we have to say. Same one we have to say. Simon Peter Anderson said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. How about that? Somebody should say amen. 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 That's, that's, that's who he is. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Let's get to, let's get to this rich young ruler. and I'm talking about these great questions this rich young ruler had a great question God gave him a great answer he came running a lot of times we don't run fast enough to the Lord a lot of times we run to different places and a lot of us have run and, 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 and I emphasize us I'm an I'm a us preacher okay? And I've been through some stuff and I've been through some ups and downs in my life. And and, and and a lot of the time, a lot of the reason why, because I wasn't running fast enough to Jesus. Okay. I was running to other stuff. This man, this man had it all. He had it all. He had, he would be one of the guys we would say, in this world we live in today, he had it really going on. He had everything you could ask for. He would be considered one of these big baller type guys that we, that we sometimes idolize in the world. Okay, he would have as much as possibly a LeBron or 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 Shaq. You'd see the Shaq commercials. He got it going on. Yachts, Tiger Woods, Yachts, and all this stuff. He didn't have one thing. And he had he and he knew he needed it. Okay? So so we see him come, he's running to Jesus. He's running to Jesus and and he kneeled to him and asked him, he said, Good master. Here's the greatest question in the Bible. I gave you some questions as as examples. This is the question we got to ask. I hope everyone in here has asked it already. I had to ask it. What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? How about that? Okay. Now, his question is kind of he kind of worded it wrong. Okay, anybody, anybody in here? When you when I when I said it, you should have picked up where he he sort of worded it wrong when he said, "What shall I do?" Can't do nothing. Okay, to be to inherit eternal life or to be saved. That's that's exactly true. He wanted to be saved, but he was like a lot of people. He 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 wanted to have a part in it. Okay. He wanted to have a part in it. He was he was he was he was a rich young ruler. And, and rich young rulers of those days would have been people who inherited stuff. You know, when you talk about people who are rich, a lot of people who are rich have inherited that rich richness. That richness have come down through their family. So they really didn't have to do anything to get it. If I'm rich, then my kids would be rich, okay? They don't have to do anything to but be my kids. Okay? Now, if I got five kids, then then they may be a pecking order. Where that one kid would say, you know what? The best kid in the family is going to get what? The most of the inheritance. Okay. So so he's coming to the Lord and he's saying, What must I do? Somebody said it over here. Can't do nothing. Okay? But if you want to do something, this is what Jesus is saying. There's something to do, but it's not, it has nothing to do with you receiving salvation because Jesus did it all when He did when He did this. Okay. He's going to guide him in that direction. You're going to see the love and the mercy and the grace of God. Okay. And this is this is one example of someone who, after they heard the instructions. I, I don't. I think. I think a lot of churches. I think a lot of churches. A lot of pastors have become intimidated by the audience. Okay. I, I heard a preacher back in the day. I don't know if anybody heard of Charles Spurgeon. He said when you preaching, you you can't see faces. I, I don't know. I don't know you guys like I know the people at my church. Okay. I don't know you guys. I, I'm not afraid. Okay. And I have to. I have to give you the truth. All right. Because. The truth, the truth, the truth will do what? Set, you Set your fruit free. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, Jesus said, I, "I, I, I am the truth." And He said to His disciples, and He said to in that great high priestly prayer found in John seventeen, He said, "Protect them because they're gonna need it when you give them folks the truth." Cause Truth ain't always pretty. I like this church. Okay? Truth ain't always pretty. Okay? Whooping your kids ain't always pretty, is it, ma'am? Disciplining them ain't always pretty. It ain't always nice. I worked at it. I worked at the juvenile system and the, and, the, and the young kids would tell me, you see, they would tell us, they say, y'all don't love us. They would tell the staff that. They would tell the officers that because there was no discipline, okay? There's no love without discipline. Jesus is going to discipline this man. He's coming to him. He's running. He's saying, good master, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, why call this me good? First of all, you got you to have the right Jesus. Okay? There ain't nothing good. There's nothing good. There ain't a good person in this room. Okay? There are none good, no not one. When you, when you come into a person and you want to know how to inherit eternal life, you can only go to the Lord. And he's got to be the Lord. Or he's nothing. So Jesus corrects him there. And Jesus said to him, why calls me good? There's none good but God. I'm either. I'm either. Jesus is either God or He's Nothing. Okay, and then he exposes the guy. Nobody, nobody keeping the law. When I say the law, the Ten Commandments. None of us in here, can, in our in our flesh, can keep. We're nev- none of us is good enough to keep the law. Okay, so he's asking this guy, and and I believe Jesus is being sarcastic with him. He said, "Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery." Do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor thy father and mother. And he answered them. Now he's talking, remember, this rich young ruler is talking to an all-knowing God. Imagine, imagine you talking, I mean you can talk to me. Okay? And you can tell me whatever you want because I'm not omniscient, Okay? I don't know everything about you. I don't know. You could, you could have a good game. You can have a good mouthpiece, a good story, and you can tell me some stuff, and I might go along with it. But you telling me that, and you telling the master of the universe, you telling an all-knowing God, that's a whole different story. That's a whole different story. I can go home and tell my wife. I can be an adulterer. I can be a cheater. I can be a liar and go home and tell my wife. You know what? And she may think, I got a wonderful husband. I know women like that. They got some terrible husbands, but they think they are wonderful because the husband got a good game. Or the wife. Vice versa. I ain't going to put it on all the men. There's some women out there doing some crazy stuff. Go home and their husbands don't have a clue. <laughs> okay? okay? You ain't getting that off with of God. You ain't, you're not getting that off with of God. So when this man come to God and when Jesus asked him these questions, I believe these are the things that he was struggling with. Okay? They would be the things I struggle with. There's not one on here that I wouldn't struggle with. Okay? Do not steal. I mean, I mean, you could take that a long way. You can take that a long way. I mean, I, I've been to people's house and they got 75 Taco Bell packs of sauce in their drawers. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody laughs, but we all we all take some extra Taco Bell packs. Okay, we got one taco and we got fifteen packs of hot sauce. Is that not? a I mean, if you want to keep it one hundred, <laughs> okay. We got Taco Bell, Taco sauce, and everything at home. But here's the point: you you can't talk to God like that. He's talking to God like he's a man. He's being disrespectful. He's just honoring God. And, and and we do the same thing when we stand before God and we, we're saying to God that i I I wanna be I wanna be stronger, I wanna be more committed, and I wanna be more faithful, and I wanna show more grace and more mercy and more love to folks, and we not serious. Watch what he says though. I don't have much time. I don't even know where I'm at time-wise i'm good I got about ten more minutes. Watch this and it says then jesus verse twenty one behold in him now when that word behold in the bible is it's a it's a powerful word it's a powerful word that means that means And examining him and and looking at him and and looking through his heart and soul and his mind. When Jesus is beholding someone, I mean, he's really paying attention to what this person is saying, what his real, real needs are. Okay, so he's beholding him. And, And it's a loving term, he says. And he loved him. Okay, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. God loves all of us. Okay? He loves all of us. He came came into this world to love all of us. That's what he came to do. Luke 19.10 said "The son of man came to seek and save the lost. And and none of us were born saved. All All of us, if we're saved today, we were at one time lost. And if we're not saved today, we're lost. Okay? Now, now, Jesus loved this man. Loved him, loved him enough to tell him the truth. That's not easy. Some, Sometimes we, 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 we love a person so much that we won't tell him the truth. Okay? We won't com- we won't confront them. We won't chastise them. We won't discipline them because we think that's that's not loving. Okay? It's wonderful to sit here and see these parents with these children in here. You love them so much, you're not going to let them do anything. Jesus loved this man enough to tell him the truth. Then he says, one thing thou lackest. Nobody else probably would tell him that. You know, some people... I've known people I'm, I hope I'm not that way I, try, I say I'm not, but some people love being around people who who just go right along with them, okay they, they just love people that you know just tell them whatever. remember Mike Tyson in his heyday? I don't know I'm a, I'm a sports guy, I like sports and I like all types of sports and and I study these great athletes, but in Mike Tyson's heyday, nobody could tell him nothing. Nobody could tell him nothing. He had a bunch of yes men around him, and, and it cost him. It cost him. Okay? You got to have some people around you that's going to hold you to the carpet, that's going to hold you accountable. You ought to look for that kind of person. I don't, I, I don't want to look for that kind of person. If I'm going to ordain a deacon or ordain a trustee, I want somebody that, I can, that can say, pastor, you're wrong. I've told you guys, i worked 31 years in the Department of Correction. And when I had, I had Christian brothers that was locked up, okay, locked up. And I'm the sergeant in the block, and they were my Christian brothers. They had a right. They had a right to say, Sergeant Neil, the way you handled that was wrong. And they would tell me that. And I respected them because they were my brothers. Jesus, Jesus. Goes right to his problem. He says, "Thou lackest one thing." He said, "Go thy way." And what was his one thing? He, 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 he had, he, he had stuff. He, he loved. He had a. He had a materialistic mindset. He liked stuff, and his stuff was important to him—more important than anything else. More important than his salvation. And he said, thou lackest one thing, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up that cross and follow me. I think, I, I really believe, when I studied this, and I've studied this, and I've studied this, I believe this guy, a lot of his money, and a lot of people get rich off poor people. Let me say that again. A lot of people get rich off poor people. A lot of people get rich off people who who they can take advantage of, people who are down and out. Okay, when I ride through the city and I and I see liquor stores on every corner, you know, I, I I'm sitting here like it's just a hustle. Okay, and and a lot of these folks don't live nowhere near where their business is at. Okay, so when Jesus is telling this man, "Go sell all that I have and give to the poor," he said, "Get back." To who you took it from. Remember Zacchaeus? Anybody know the story of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was the man that was in the, in, the, in the sycamore tree. And Jesus said, I must come to your house. I must come to your house and abide with you. And when he came into Zacchaeus' house, Zacchaeus most likely heard the story of salvation. Jesus confronted him about the error of his ways. Remember, he was a wicked, wicked publican. Okay. And the first thing he did, and I think it is a correlation here, he, 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 he gave everything back, gave everything back, gave everything back. Let me get to the heart of the matter. The question would be, what does it mean as I close? What does it mean to pick up the cross? How about that? What does it mean to pick up the cross? How about that? You know what it means to pick up the cross? It says, Jesus, he said, go, come and follow me. Pick up the cross, come follow me. The cross, now I wear a cross. So I see a cross over there. I wear a cross, okay? I wear, I wear a cross. You don't wear a cross, you know what picking up the cross means? And following Jesus it says, pick up the cross, and your behavior ought to model mine. How I live, you ought to live. How I love you ought to love the same kind of grace and mercy and love that I show to people. You ought to show to people, and then, and then in doing that, you might get spit on, lied on, cussed out, called a liar—all that kind of stuff—come with following Jesus. Remember, we're following a man that died on a cross. See, 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 see. I believe the church got it mixed up. All the prophets, all the prophets in the Old Testament. You know, if you if you study how they lived, they all died for what they believed. They all died for what they believed. If you study Isaiah and Jeremiah and Nehemiah and and and, and Ezekiel, all of them got their heads cut off. They got sewn in half for preaching. thus said, the Lord. See, I have a problem. See, I have a problem. Everybody in here, all the apostles, Matthew, Paul got his head cut off. Peter got crucified upside down. Andrew got crucified in the St. Andrew's cross. What did they do? They, they say Paul got dipped in hot oil and fell off. That was John. John got dipped in hot oil by by imperial Domitian sent to the island of Patmos here's my point following Christ is costly this man this man was consumed with the things of this world as believers, as Christians as men and women of God we ought to be consumed with the kingdom of heaven okay the old folks used to say, we just pilgrims passing through. Paul wrote, I'm glad you mentioned Paul, because I, I hate to go through a sermon and not talk about Paul. But in 2 Corinthians five seventeen, there's a verse that, that, that I think is one of Paul's greatest. And when you study Paul, when you study his writings, he's really talking about himself. <laughs> Paul was an angry, evil, wicked man. Paul called himself in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, he said, I am the chief. Of sinners, I, He said, I'm the worst sinner that ever lived, and, 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 and really he was. When you start talking about his, his life and his testimony, Paul killed millions, I mean thousands of Christians. Thousands of Christians, okay? And, and then something happened, and this has to happen. Uh, salvation is not indifferent. It's not something unique to all of us. All of us, to be saved, we what? We must be born again, okay? Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, I'm going to close He said, therefore, if any man, therefore, if any man, therefore, if any woman, therefore, if any man be in Christ, okay, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, okay, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Then Paul would back that up in Philippians 4.13, saying, I can do what? All things through Christ who strengthened me. So so he knows you're going to have some struggles. And, 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 and again, Paul got his head cut off. There are going to be some struggles in this walk, but you can never quit. You can never say, you know what? I can't do this because the word of God, if you believe it, and I do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can walk in newness of life. I can walk in power. I can get up when I'm knocked down. I can get up when I'm knocked down. Some of us, gonna you know, you're going to get knocked down. That's life. That's life. Let's pray. Precious Lord, we say thank you this, this afternoon. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the power of God. Thank you for the people who come out to hear the word of God. Thank you for the children that's in this in this. Service today, Father God, we know your word doesn't come back voice, So we pray right now that you would empower those that are hearing the word of God. Father God, be with us. Show sure us Your grace and your mercy. Let us know, Father God, that being a Christian, being saved is not the easy road, Father God. The Bible says it's a narrow road to lead to heaven. And few be that find it, Father God. Let that few, let that few find it that's here today. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen.